Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, my name is Tim Bat. My name is Guy Montgomery. And I'm Paul Verhoeven. And we just watched Pixels. Hi everyone. It's a fucking dumpster fire movie. Um, it's good to be back in the saddle in some ways. Mm. Uh, it's been a while since we've watched a terrible film. Um, Paul, thank you so much for putting this together. Yeah, it's kind of a centaur of podcasts. I don't know which half is the horse half and which is the human half, but I know at this point none of us are feeling particularly well. Um, you guys obviously post, host uh, uh, The Worst Idea of All Time, and uh, I am one half of 28 Plays Later, and seeing as how we're a video game podcast and you're a bad movie podcast, <clears throat> it seemed uh, logical for us to get this shit out of the way. I mean... Like it was inevitable. Oh, yeah. Let, let, let's start right at the beginning, gents. Mm -hmm. A little context. We're here in beautiful Melbourne, Australia, at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, right in the thick of it. We're in a Quest apartment <laughs> on the corner of Burke and Russell Street, room 106. Don't give them the address. It's not too late. No, look, they can't travel back through time and save us from this, like, audio-visual yeah, holocaust. But They'll turn this room into a museum after the people hear this. Right, right, right. Well, well yeah. Hey. We, specifically, the three of us, have booked and paid for a hotel room so we could all get together <laughs> and watch Pixels. I made it through the movie, but it was a fucking fever dream. My eye, this is the heaviest <laughs> my eyelids have ever felt. Guy has done back to, like, performed in back-to-back -back comedy shows this <laughs> evening and then had to... Hightail it over to this hotel room. Look, we're not criticising you, but there was a point where you were curled up on yourself, and it was fucking horrifying. Um, I honestly 
Because, okay, so first of all, the, the volume on this, on this, we went to a hotel room to watch an Adam Sandler film, and my girlfriend was legitimately convinced that we were gonna fuck. Like, she thought that was the end game here, was for us to get a hotel room. Say the night is young, Paul. Look, anything could happen. But, I mean, at this point, the volume on the TV is, was very bad, so two hours into this, wait, how long was the film? Uh, an, an hour, hour 41. 35 minutes. Okay, well, it felt longer. The volume wasn't great, so I, I ran around and I wedged two salad bowls on the television <laughs> to try and increase the acoustics. We it, should get a photo of that, actually. It's, it's pretty bad. Artful. Uh, yeah, it's MacGyver grade. Um, but nothing I could do, uh, like, took the venom out of this garbage scowl of a movie. Um, yeah, it's hard to know where to enter with this, but let me enter here. I think this movie is worse than Grown Ups too, <laughs> and I'm a pretty qualified person to be able to make that judgment call. Yeah. This is truly, you said the word dumpster fire, I can't think of a better turn of phrase. Yeah. Like it's just a fucking absolute train wreck from what, Kevin James is the fucking president <laughs> yeah. of the United States of this movie, yeah. for no reason in Let, particular. Yeah, let's let's work on that. Let, 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 you, we could talk a whole, we could talk about this for like an hour. Um, so, presumably, in this reality, he is... We had this discussion. Do you think he's first term or second term president? Uh, first term, I feel. Right. So I, don't, like, I don't know what that's based on, but I get the sense he is. You reckon trailing towards the end? Because his approval ratings aren't good. He's, um, you know, people making fun of him. He can't... There was that scene at the start, which you pointed out was basically a parody of George Bush having trouble reading during the yeah, 9-11 bit. It was a weird... So they were obviously, like, um, uh, referencing yeah. that scene when... George W. Bush is reading My Pet Goat in front of a bunch of um, like kindergartners, I think it is. Yeah. When he gets told that the first, oh, the second plane has hit the the South Tower, I think. Yes. And so they kind of play out the scene that's like that, where he's reading to these Girl Scouts, which is weird, that, and they're all in a classroom. Yeah. And, uh, and and they're like riffing on that, and I'm like, oh, it's a pretty bold way to open the movie, making like sort of a reference to nine eleven and a <laughs> family. F- orientated Adam Sandler comedy. Yeah. And the movie makes less sense as it goes on. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty high, nonsensical bar. And you can tell that that everyone involved in making it was aware that it didn't make any sense because they kept trying to explain it. But it's like, when they're trying to explain through something and they're just muddying the waters further and they're like, okay, but we just need to get to the next page (laughs) of script. So they just keep going, like everything's going fine, but it's not, it's There's not going fine. Some weird scenes of um, exposition that last so long yeah. of everyone just explaining why we are where we are right now. Why the fuck were they in Britain for a bit? Oh, right. Okay, so Sean Bean is running this kind of boot camp and he tells the basically football hooligans that they're shooting a beer commercial. And then at one point he and Brian Cox are hugging. Who was Brian Cox? Brian Cox is a physicist. Yeah, but it was it was implied at one point that he was like. But that wasn't Brian Cox. Like I, maybe I'm thinking of a different dude. There's a. I'm pretty oh. sure there's a physicist called Brian Cox. That's not him. No, the, but there is a there. That is a that is a Brian Cox. Right, but he's an actor. The one who's in this. No, it's yeah, Bri- it's Brian Cox A. There are two models of Brian Cox. Yeah. Oh, I see. That was like, Brian Cox A. Brian like, Cox B wasn't on on camera. No, it? Brian Cox A uh, spearheaded the Treadstone Initiative that created Jason Bourne. Uh, whereas whereas uh, Brian Cox B um, is, of course, uh, the science uh, celebrity. This Brian Cox was... Fuck, this movie was a train wreck. There were, like, so many bizarre conceits in it. And I think the one thing we agreed on was that Josh Gad was pretty on the money. Yeah, which I did not expect. No. He delivered comedically. He had, like, probably four bits where I genuinely laughed at 
him doing st- you look skeptical as fuck <laughs> oh god right look he's, he was fine right? <laughs> like it's just I don't know at some point you gotta ask why they're making them but you've also gotta ask why are we watching them right? well especially in our particular circumstance this is a real weird way to engage with uh, a movie that you definitely were supposed to see at the I'd cinema like, I'd like this it, is the opposite yeah, of the cinema I'd like it to be known that we uh, bought we you bought this on DVD yeah so I went to JB Hi-Fi and I bought a copy of how much was it Pixels for 20 bucks or that. and we'll, look we'll pay you back we'll, I, all, the, all the expenses will be split look, let me tell that, you that right now that's Paul. okay but I will say this much I had to apologize to the teller because he gave me a look as if I'd just been <laughs> sick in his mouth. We should sign this and sell it and try yeah. and recoup all the hotel costs. Look, if people are willing to absorb some of the damage we took for this... Are you reading the blurb? Can you pl- okay, can you, re- can you read the blurb for us, please? Yeah, and point your mouth into that. Yeah. I'm actually reading the special features. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't watched them. Cubert. Dojo Quest Game on music video By Waka Flocka Flame Featuring Good Charlotte <laughs> You know that Waka Flocka Flame Good Charlotte Mashup you've been Busting for Jesus Christ So As described By Whoever writes this garbage <laughs> When aliens misinterpret Video feeds of Classic arcade games As a declaration of war Against them They attack the earth Using games like Pac-Man Donkey Kong Gallagher <laughs> Centipede and Space Invaders as models for their various assaults. President Will Cooper, Kevin James, oh. has to call on his childhood best friend, <laughs> 80s video game champion Sam Brenner, Adam Sandler, to lead a team of old school arcaders, Peter Dinklage and Josh Gad, to defeat the aliens and save the planet. That is not a feature film. That is a short story by a fucking nine-year-old with learning disabilities. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pitch for a movie that gets summarily rejected, not put to not put into production. Can we just quickly... T- something just occurred to me. Yeah. Fucking Dan Aykroyd's vodka. Oh. Can we please talk so, about this? Okay, so, so Dan Aykroyd appears in the movie ever so briefly. And yeah. Paul actually... We, I said, man, I miss old, you know, clearly Ghostbusters era Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And, he, and, you know, even like Coneheads at a stretch and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, Saturday Night Live, he was legendary. The Blues Brothers. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Even so like Gross Point Blank, he had some good late shit. You know? he, he pops up in this movie and I'm like, oh man, I miss old Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And then Paul, you made a reference to the vote. You were like, yeah, he's trying to hock that skull vodka. And we both got caught up because we both kind of had jobs in the media yeah, peripherally. Yeah. Mm. And that junket he did a couple years ago. It was really aggressive. He would like talk to people and then five minutes in go, all right, let's talk about the vodka. Yeah. Very aggressive and assertive. And then... And then like 20 minutes after he first pops up, <laughs> apropos of fucking nothing, oh, except for England, a contractual obligation. Yeah, so, this is, so they've just downed the aliens for the first time and they suddenly cut to a pub. And what are they drinking? They're drinking a beer initially, and then Adam Sandler, I think, says, you know, we need something a little harder than beer. And they bust out one of the Dan Aykroyd vodka skulls. It's sickening. It's fucked. It's fucking... It's it makes mental. so much sense. Like, Sandler... And fucking all power to Dan Aykroyd for standing up to Adam Sandler. Sandler was like, hey, Dan, I'm doing a movie. Do you want to be in it? And he's just so used to people saying yes, because people hate themselves. <laughs> And Dan Aykroyd was like, yeah, I'll do it. And Santa was like, great. But before he could hang up the phone, Aykroyd said, yeah, I'll do it. As long as you put my fucking skull vodka in your garbage power movie. And Santa said, what, what difference does it make? I feel like, 
Oh god, every Adam Sandler movie feels like like a timeshare. Like a garbage timeshare of some sort of horrible horrible everyone's throwing their keys in the bowl. No one gives a shit anymore. This is different. Pixels is different. How? It's unique no, it's uniquely troubling because what they've done is they haven't just created a universe themselves and um, shown you great disrespect by existing in it for two hours because it's a horrible Sandler verse. Sure. This one takes all these existing franchises and cultural touchstones from your childhood that, you know, are fond memories for a lot of people, myself included, mm. banking on the, the nostalgia and then just diarrhea shits all over your childhood. It's like really fucked up how many franchises they dragged through the mud to make this thing happen. Look, I honestly just can't get out of my head the the implied sex between Josh Gad and Cubit. Because let's talk about the fact that at the end of every battle in this movie, the humans, I don't give a shit, but they win a trophy. And the trophy, what was the first trophy? It was uh, the Duck Hunt dog, which was never really addressed again. Ah. It rocked up in that old lady's flat. I mean, we know they fucked. And then, in the second instance, it was Cubit. And then, the th- and then eventually, Cubit metamorphosized into this blonde woman that Josh Gad was heartbroken about. Because and- women are objects. Yeah. And you can, and through hard work and persistence, you can wear them down. It's the erosion <laughs> technique of flirting, which many people default to. And then at the end, the, sorry, I don't want to spoil this bag of shit movie. At the end, the epilogue cuts to Josh Gad and Cubit's children. Yeah, it's weird. Because so, so Cubit, trans- so Josh Gad for his entire life has been obsessed with this video game character, which Paul and I can't figure out if it's an existing franchise or not. Yeah. But it, either way, she's um, this uh, double blade wielding uh, sort of Amazon statuesque blonde woman in a red dress and she appears on the scene in Josh Gad instead of destroying this one because she's not a villain he's in love with this game character so he um, offers himself to her and she puts down her swords and they get together and then when they defeat the aliens all of the sprites explode simultaneously so she she like um, atomizes and fucks off but then for some reason, yeah, Cubit still exists because he's a trophy. Yeah. And then he turns into the blonde sword-wielding lady, and then Josh Gad pashes her. Yeah. And even Sandler at the time is like, is anyone else weirded out by the fact that Josh Gad's making out with Cubit? That's true, but there was a point where um, Dinklage, who is a whole other kettle of bad acting, turns to Josh Gad and says, are you going to introduce me to your girlfriend? And he says, fiancé. And then he leers at the girl. And what does she say? Nothing, because she's fucking mute. In fact, yeah, she doesn't have a line. Yeah, that's She has troubling. no lines. She that- can't say... She- I don't think she makes noise. So she's literally a trophy. Yeah. She, she, yeah, she has not a single line in the... Fi- it's really... A lot of troubling things going on in this film. Yeah. A lot um, of things. A lot of things to unpack. I... Look... I I just want to say I liked it just to fucking agitate both of you. <laughs> I don't know. What do you what do you expect? I don't Not, think people th- nah, liked man. it when it came out, did they? This is okay, so I just saw Batman versus Superman mm. and everyone was, you know, this is the worst movie ever made. This has destroyed the comics, da da da. I it's fine. Like it's not the greatest movie ever made. Definitely, I will give you that yeah. for sure. And it, it you know, luck that you can pick apart but it's an enjoyable film i enjoyed watching it i enjoyed the experience of watching the film in that it gave me a lot to talk about and there were some really cool scenes in it like i kind of came away going that whole experience was and I ru- thought, roughly I, approximate to a movie whereas yeah. this was not the leads were good and stuff pixels is 
is fucking weirdly bad. Yeah. Like strangely bad. It's 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 worse than grown ups too. Do you know? It's, it's a you high know, Genuinely, it is like the most cynical of movie making sort of procedures. It's just Adam Sandler in a room at Happy Madison, probably up to his eyeballs in weed and <laughs> attention and f- financial backing, uh, and he's like, "Hey, look, we need an idea for a movie." Uh, and we don't like it, I don't know they just pretty much they would just be like let's buy up the rights to all of these video games yeah there it, we go we made a movie I can go home now it's 9.30 finally I can see my wife and kids and he walks out of the office and leaves the script writing process to two poor fucking bastards who are like he wants us to do what <laughs> and they did it and they just did it once and no one double checked it and they submitted the script and it got greenlit <laughs> and then they're on set and they're all just like well, look, we could improvise better versions of these scenes, but we just don't have the time. Yeah, you know, my, my dad was a cop for many years, and he spent a lot of we time... We all know that. Look, he was, yeah, we all know this about Paul. We're familiar. It's yeah. in the origin story, in Paul Verhoeven Origins. And there's this point... Lieutenant Verhoeven. My dad talks to me often about how easy it is to get into high security places. The trick is to act like you belong there. Yeah. Adam Sandler's movies are like just... Imagine Kevin James holding a box of pizzas, going, pizzas, I got pizzas, and then he just kind of somehow fucking fumbles his way into the epicenter of the Pentagon, right? Yeah. But that's, Adam Sandler movies, they deftly sidestep every obstacle, and they become these frictionless turds that just sort of sluice through. You want to know... A frictionless turd actually sounds like a pretty sound <laughs> bell movement. So. <laughs> what are they? We are long for frictionless turds. What it is, yeah. is Adam Sandler's made a wooden horse. <laughs> <laughs> He's hidden no, no, himself no, no. and his mates inside this horse. It's a wooden he... Mini Cooper and there's four of them. Fuck, it is a Trojan, isn't it? So look, um, what I'd like to do is, we've sort of already done this in bits and pieces, but ever so briefly try and explain... The plot. The rough beats and the plot, so... Well, sure, I mean, it's hard to overlook the fact that the film starts with uh, Dan Aykroyd announcing a video game contest, and then Kevin James is president, which is sort of the exhilarating gear change that Tim and Guy really struggle with, because, you know... I feel like you guys were a bit more tired than it's I was. It's very jerky. Like, like, there was no, you know... The film the starts dropped. with the trailer for Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. <laughs> yeah. And it's soon followed by the trailer for Grown Ups 2. And I, with my eyeballs half open, was like, what fucking torture chamber have I literally just walked across town to come into? What you know, fuckery is this? Have you guys ever seen Hellraiser? You know that box? The, that, there's this fucking puzzle box that if you open up, hell spews out. I just... I just feel like that's Happy Madison in movie form. And I feel like at the end there was an ill... Cause, okay, so you get to the end and it says game over. I was waiting for a question mark. Yeah, same. Game over? I was waiting for it to say, when it says pixels, I was waiting for it to say one, just to <laughs> fuck with it. Anyway, so look, oh, the sorry, movie yeah. opens... That's and... how all Adam Sandler movies should finish. <laughs> the first... With the movie title and the, the <laughs> number one next to it. Even Grown Ups 2? Grown Ups 2 1. So good. Um, so it opens up with this scene of them all as kids, yeah. which is exactly what they did with Grown Ups, I think, in the first movie as well. Mm. Um... 
and it's like it's a cute little bit and you know it's fine and the child actors they've got a not good but they're doing a fine job of saying the lines into a camera yeah it's unsubtle though there's one point where Adam Sandler discovers in one day that he's really good at video games and I'm pretty sure the young Kevin James says boy one day this is really going to come in handy yeah it's very it, you know but that's that is what it is storytelling that's fine yeah. again frictionless and so you have that for a for a say five or six minutes mm. and they go to a world tournament where Adam Sandler is a kid um Loses to Peter Dinklage as a kid in uh, the the showdown, which is Donkey Kong, and then we <laughs> very jarringly flash forward to a dystopian future where Kevin James has been installed leader of the free world. Yeah, but you don't find that out straight away. First, you cut to a bar with Kevin James and Adam Sandler talking about women they want to fuck. Yeah, and then they walk outside, no. and suddenly the press is there, right? Yeah, the, no, it, cut, it cuts to Kevin James and Adam Sandler talking about Kevin James's wife. And how it's like, she just doesn't understand. I don't want to hang out with her. I'm a dude. I just want to drink beer with the boys. With the boys. Women are objects. We need to make this super explicit throughout the entire movie. They so said that. It's a quote. I know. We go to that and then we go to... Adam Sandler is effectively a cable guy. He's installing like um, flat screen TVs and oh, yeah. game bo- consoles and stuff in people's houses. So he meets this woman who's recently separated from her husband mm. there's a kid there she is an alcoholic and there's no glossing past that yeah she she's locked in the closet coping with her marital grief by i think she's she's three sheets to the wind at this point and her yeah. child her child is in the adjacent room with a stranger that's sort of where that we're at true. a stranger clad in yeah. orange who then wanders into the closet and proceeds to start drinking with her yeah and is who that who wouldn't is that, is that floating? Does he float? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is, it's totally unprofessional. There's a lot of flirting. And, and he goes in for a cheeky pash yeah. and is denied. Yeah, he's like, he's he's comforting. Uh, it's Michelle Monaghan mm. uh, as she cries about her husband leaving her. For a 19-year-old, so many problems across the board. And then Adam Sandler's like, okay, well, now that you feel slightly better about your husband leaving you for a 19-year-old, it's time for you to pash <laughs> the guy who came over to install a video game console on the back of your TV. And she is like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> but then they just make sure they throw in one shot of her being partially charmed so that you know eventually they'll make out. Yeah. They telegraph it. I don't want to judge. People have charms beyond the physical. But when a man with a face like a leathery orb approaches your face leathery orb. at a 90 degree angle minutes after you've told him that you're emotionally bereft you're not gonna you're not gonna go for you're it you're not gonna give it up for them no so you then speak for yourself Paul look we all anyway, have preferences that's fine a few phone calls come through Adam Sandler leaves to go to the White House mm. and what do you know oh. the woman has to leave to go to the White House too but not before displaying a proficient lack of ability to know where to put his fucking hand there's a point oh, where he's, yeah, he's sitting like a... Like, you know in the old days where a woman wouldn't want to be indelicate so she'd sit herself side-saddle on, on, on the sweetest mare? He's sitting there with his legs splayed off to the side like a sweet little girl. We're in the closet, by the way, at the so, moment, folks. We're back in the closet, yeah. And he's got his we're hand on his knee with such a lack of self-awareness. Now, I can't tell if he's being... Because at that point, he didn't know what to do with his hands. Maybe that was part of the performance. Or maybe Adam Sandler is just incredibly physically awkward. Mm. 
What do you think it is? I no. think it's the latter. I think I think it was just like it's the latter combined with a one take mentality. Yeah, for this it was film. definitely the one take. Adam Sandler would have t- done a take, and his hand would have been sitting on his leg. And whoever directed that, Chris Columbus, by the way, yeah, would have been like, "Hey, Adam, that was a good take, but your hand was kind of awkwardly resting on your leg. Do you want to do it again?" And he said, "No." <laughs> and then Chris Columbus said, "Okay." We're all getting paid millions of dollars anyway, and then the entire cast and crew would break out in hysterics and pull the fingers down the middle of the camera and upload it as bonus footage on YouTube. So then, um, we're at the White House. Yeah. The lady turns out to work for DARPA, the Department of Advanced Pragmatism, Problematic Artificial <laughs> Movies. But um, they dress her up like a um, like a sailor for the entire film, right? Which is not right. No, because she's a scientist. If you work at Darby, you're a scientist. Are you talking about Michelle? Yeah. And then the aliens just start attacking shit. Yeah, but not before we find out that Michelle has a fucking robot co-worker. That was terrifying. That was like (laughs) the level of um, what I would describe as techno gore, which is kind of like, um, you know, in Robocop. Yeah. Especially the reboot, the oh, recent one. They're like strapped to gurneys, humans in a state of distress with machinery being fused to them and shit. Well, more, there's a specific scene, and I know not a lot of people saw this movie, but right. I actually kind of like the Robocop reboot, because um, apparently I don't have great taste in movies. Right. Eat it, whatever. Um, but there's a scene where Murphy is like just ahead, and he doesn't realise, because it's an ECU, it's mm. an extreme close-up just on his facial features, and it zooms out, and he's just this head being kept alive Ugh. and he starts screaming and it's like a great horrifying moment and um yeah it was like on par with that there's a guy who walks through the DARPA office whose back of his skull is this elongated it looks like those yeah. aerodynamic helmets that you give cyclists when they're at the like world champs but it's perspex see-through and it's all microchips and shit but that's his brain and yeah. it's fucking so creepy yeah the back of your head shouldn't look like a tear your skull has whipped <laughs> you know yeah. yeah and it's uh is it's, that was that referenced again or was that just like uh, he, he comes back for yeah. no reason it was like, but it's just like it, they just float that out they're like uh, yeah, this is just what happens in the universe of the movie yeah, yeah. And, and he's the only cyborg too yeah but having said that Josh Gad who is depicted as some sort of Asperger's ridden sexual omnivore flirts with everyone in the fucking film and at one point is seen just touching the man's head and walking behind him saying something about how beautiful he is. He refers to a tall African-American soldier as a perfect Nubian boy and then keeps repeating it. And again, this is part of the reason why Josh Cat was fucking sublime in this film because he flirts aggressively with every soldier and then cries a bit and then has to get escorted off. He, he just, was playing I, the role of Nick Swartzen. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was presumably unavailable. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to, so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Well, because well, he was in it as a no, cameo, it, yeah. yeah, but not. For oh, was he in the back of the ambulance? No, next was was um, which one was it? He was the yeah, yeah. Sorry, he was. He was yeah. the one in the back of the. Everyone's in the wrong fucking role in this movie. Is where, like just in addition to all the problems? Because who did we go through before that? Like the chess game of where everyone should be sitting. Right. Um, I I personally think that if we assume that Adam Sandler is the center of this universe, so his character and casting doesn't change. Alec Baldwin is the natural choice for the president, yeah. which Kevin James is in. Well, because Jenna is Kevin James's wife, and she has about six lines. Oh, maybe lines. that's what it was for me that did that. But that's, a, re- that's a perfectly reasonable assumption, because, you know, Kevin James looks like a muscular thumb with a face drawn on him at the best of times. Yeah. And I kept wanting to see his dingus. Like kept- yeah, you were baying for dick blood in this movie. You were like, you said a couple times out loud, I just want to see Kevin James's dick. Well, it's not until now that I realise how much Kevin James looks like Stretch Armstrong. You know Stretch Armstrong as a kid? Yeah. It's like a rubbery muscle man with a wire frame and you cannot break him. And he's stocky and look reliable, staunch, sturdy peasant calves, just rock solid rubber boy. And Kevin James looks like every suit is like sewed around him. You know those like metal bands that put around trees to stop possums from climbing up them? Yeah. I, I've I followed the analogy, you've done a grand job of painting a visual picture. Thank you. What about any of this me makes you be like, well, you know what, I wanna I wanna take that soda on suit and straight the fuck off and check out his ding dong. Well the thing is, look, he, he doesn't look he doesn't look fat. He looks chunky. He looks like a can of soup with a head on it, right? He's, so I wanna know if his dick is the same proportions. I wanna know if his dick is just like this perfect smooth just rubbery I reckon it's, it's I reckon it's big and it's messy really yeah I reckon he's got a big messy dick down there I don't think there's anything perfect about it but it's like it's got a rugged handsomeness to it look I don't want it to, it doesn't have to have a 5 o'clock shadow and be looking leftwards so it looks like it's on the side of a coin I just need it to have a fucking masculine Fucking! I just need. I definitely think it's a manly dick. Look, it's definitely got a. It's got angles, right? You're using the word need. I need. (laughs) I don't need to have it in on or near me. I need to know what it looks like so I can go. You know when you have a song stuck in your head and you can't fucking remember how it ends, so it's stuck in your head for days. You got a dick worm, Kevin James. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what you got, Paul. Yeah, actually, Serious case of the dick worm. Yeah, you know, the problem is, we've been talking about Kevin James' dick so much, we haven't progressed past, like, the first eightieth of the film. So where were we up to? No, I feel like I described all of it. You know, really? the aliens come, and then they attack him, and fucking nothing else really goes down. That's it. There's that a, is genuinely it. There's a false ending that comes at about an hour into the movie, and we're all looking around going, Please. What, what the fuck? Like, is that is it a really long credit sequence? And then the aliens just attack again, and they do the same thing they did before, pretty much. Right, so they're in a now, different set of sprites. But there's never, like, the motivation for anything is never... Nothing makes sense. And that can be fun and fine in a movie, but they play it like it's all kind of adding up. And that's yeah. a big part of the problem, is it's like, you haven't earned the right to do any of this. You just... Wow! They do. They use all the filmic te- techniques that are associated with the raising of the stakes, but they haven't. You, you just don't give a. Sh- you can't care. You try to care. I tried to care. I think we all came into this like reasonably fair-minded. This is a film I wanted to see in the movies yeah. because I saw the trailer, and the visual effects are actually fucking dope. Like, there's a lot of visual stuff in it that I think looks cool yeah and the, in the trailer you saw the creator of Pac-Man have this beautiful dumb speech talking to Pac-Man and calling him a beautiful boy and get his hand bit off that was great that scene worked that was really good but the problem is like you said it's all conclusions this is all cum shots it's just cum shot after cum shot with zero build up it's like someone running up to you and just jacking it in your face and running away giggling gleefully which seems to sum up so much of Adam Sandler's later career whereas what you need is you need to like you need to fucking have a drink and play some music and work your way up to it and earn that moment as opposed to just having like the climax of it's just climax after climax and because it's so hollow and because it's Adam Sandler and Josh Gad and Peter Dinklage in a wig that made me want to vomit I just felt angry half the time you don't always gotta fuck your heart in fact sometimes that's not right to do speaking of uh sometimes you gotta make some love and fucking give us some Kisses too. Problem is, there was a bit where Jack Black, sorry, Josh Gad, was trying to evoke Jack Black and he was singing a Tears for Fears song while the president watched. The president, Kevin James, watched this happen. You can't take issue with that. I can't take issue with Kevin James being the president? Okay, so there's kind of like... Who uses his power to help Dinklage potentially fuck Serena Williams? Dude, all movies have a bell curve. Like, you can't be outraged at the whole thing. You've got to... You've got to, like, kind of give them... the whole time? Yeah, well, you can't just be constantly outraged at the film. There's some stuff you just got to be like, okay, this is where we are. Yeah. This, this, is, this is what we're doing. This is the universe we're in. Oh, this resignation is, is what that's called. Yeah, it's kind of just yeah, acknowledging... Yeah, where was your resignation? <laughs> Look, man, I had plenty of resignation. There were so many down points. There were points where I was like... I was just in, I feel like we were just lobbing friendly heckles in. We weren't shitting on the film the whole time, but every once in a while... We just became exasperated with... I'm charmed by the way Adam Sandler goes, I wish the world was so... Like, he, he just wants a world where he's a hero, right? Yeah. Like in every movie. Because in this, in this whole universe, he is a savant. He doesn't work hard or practice to get good at, at, you know, at this yeah. stuff. He's not a Hermione Granger. He's a Harry Potter. He's naturally talented. He just wanders in. He's, a, he's the fucking chosen one. He's an effortless you know, rube. But he, that's, that's an admirable commendable or at least understandable way of wanting to see the world. I just want a world in which I am naturally talented and people appreciate me for my fucking efforts. And if they don't do it back when I initially get those efforts, they appreciate it later on in life and they throw me a fucking party and I get a cool motocross style pantsuit. Well, it's quite... It's, yeah. Okay. I'm just saying... Because like, I was coming at it from a, like, Revenge of the Nerds angle, but... 
<clears throat> you're saying this is like a someone's god-given talent should be appreciated i th- honestly think maybe adam sandler enjoyed playing video games as a kid yeah and then someone went we've got this idea for a film about video games and he's like i enjoyed those as a kid can i wear basketball shorts on set but he's obviously a filthy casual as well like they don't even you know everything's so it's an internet term isn't it and yeah there is a point where the kid who i don't think is ever named i could be wrong Clearly he is. We weren't paying attention. The kid who is just like begging Adam Sandler to be his new dad. Yeah. Mighty Ducks style. Yeah. It's very Mighty Ducks in many ways. Um, they even do a flying V up the street after Pac-Man. So I think there was one point where they're watching footage of The Last of Us, which is a really great survival horror game. And Adam Sandler is just hanging shit on this kid for liking a game, which has that whole thing about Adam Sandler being able to see patterns and not being able to understand like the chaos of the game. And then finally Rain Man style. Embracing it at the end was just... Which they just kind of like keep throwing in the odd line to restoke <laughs> that increasingly dying fire of like, oh yeah, that's right, there's some reason why he can play video games real good. Oh yeah, fuck, that's right, they mentioned that. So. That was a college dropout who wears orange shorts for a living, the, the product of an ordered mind. And not necessarily order. They really are alluding to autism, and they deal with ev- <laughs> what, they deal with everything in this movie so unskillfully. Like women, the franchises they've been gift well, they've purchased, but just everything is so shat on. It's so it's real disheartening. This movie. Are you sad that we didn't record this in the jacuzzi that is somehow inexplicably came with this hotel room we paid actual Australian dollars for to watch Pixels in? I. It would change the tone, I think, a lot yeah. if we recorded this in the in the hot tub. Uh, yeah, it'd be, not I'd feel tub. like I'd, I'd fall asleep in a hot tub because yep. the, 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 the heat, the steam would be coming off the water. Yeah. I'm pretty sure our knees at least would be touching. <laughs> <laughs> if not, a little bit of that sweet Kevin look, James. I just give me think a look at it. I'm really glad to do this in a sense because it's fun to watch movies and talk about them. Mm. But on the other hand, I'm just like, fuck, there was... You know, that's not that's not coming back. No, it's empty. That time's gone. It's so late. <laughs> it's one thirty on a Tuesday night. <laughs> like, I'm sitting in a hotel room in Melbourne with two other guys talking about pixels. I'm like, you're good on us, but what? Like, who's in the... Ro- <laughs> Who's in the wrong here? Because we're as bad as they are. We did ask for it. We didn't. It's not like we woke up in a room chained to a radiator with this in the middle of the like, room. Like, we rented the hotel room. We planned. Like, that doesn't hold up in court. It's we, like... We put fucking salad bowls under the TV out yeah. to try and make this bullshit louder. You're right, this isn't even manslaughter. This is like <laughs> straight first-degree murder on our own sanity. It's like we travelled back in time and kicked ourselves in our own nuts. Fuck. The problem is... Oh, we've done it again, guy. We've <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. The thing is, you don't have to watch this again. Nah. I, see, the thing is, with Sex in the City 2 mm. and Grown Ups 2, mm. I've seen both of those. I watched the entire Sex in the City show five times front to back because of a girl I was going out with it was like a show we watched eventually there was so little left in the relationship the show was all we had and the show was verdant Jesus Paul there was so much it was empty much like this film but there was so much in that show and there was so much in those movies even if they're shit right like there's just such a density of crap whereas in this it's like biting into a hollow apple there's nothing there you watch this on the second time around you'd be at like episode 45 grade depressed yeah I think I think you're right what you're sort of flattering Sex in the City too there. Yeah, you are a little bit, but at least... Um, <laughs> hmm. 
tricky. How do we... Uh... This movie is better than Sex and City 2 because it is almost a full hour shorter. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Sex and City 2 is no. better than this. Can I tell about my story for Sex and the City 2, right? So, I know this is off topic, but um, I was... I was very excited about Tron Legacy. Because I'm a big fan of that aesthetic and the Daft Punk soundtrack was fucking great. And Jeff so Bridges good. is perfect and everything. And a friend of mine, Luke, was really excited about Tron Legacy. And so I told him we had tickets to the premiere because we were reviewing films at that point. So I spent a whole night kind of buttering up. We went for dinner, we went for drinks. We got to Campbell, this beautiful posh suburb. And we go around the corner towards the, the cinema, this beautiful like Art Deco turn of the century cinema. I, I, I'm aware Art Deco was in the 40s. Shut up. So we get to the cinema, we're around the corner, and suddenly there's like news crews everywhere. And there's like a thousand women. I've taken him to the premiere of Sex and the City 2, <laughs> but here's the rub. I had a camera crew ready to film his reactions and follow <laughs> us through the foyer as we were handed cosmopolitans in plastic glasses <laughs> and perfume swabs, and we had to go down the red you carpet. dastardly, bastardly man. It was such... But my problem was I hadn't seen the first film, so it's in the series, and the series ends on a really kind of cool note, and then the first film has a lot of apparently important stuff, and suddenly I reach there, and everybody is just like a decaying leather mummy. Of the husk of, of their former selves. And he was confused and I was angry. And we were live tweeting the whole thing. We were drunk on Cosmopolitans, which everyone again. Everyone was a bit hurt. Everyone was a bit damaged. And so we, we just kind of hatefully live tweeted the entire experience. So my experience of Sex and the City 2 is very like event based. Mm. And I'm concerned that our experience of Pixels is going to be equally event based and that we have a receipt for a hotel room we, we hired. Yeah, there's no denying it's an event based screening. Yeah. There's something nice about that. Like, um, I want to just, as a comparison, briefly bring up uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Sure. Which is a film that we watched with the McElroy brothers for our award-winning, undoubtedly, in the future. In the At some future. point, 50 years down the Seems track. Seems award-winning podcast, Talk Death to Us Blart. And that movie, because <laughs> we... I remember we all got on Skype to do the record for that, and uh, I think it was Travis who opened up. He was like, I didn't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Griffin was so mad, and I was like, hey, I didn't hate it either. (laughs) And I fucking didn't. I didn't hate it. I hate Pixels. I hate it. I didn't hate Paul Blart. Why do you hate it? Be succinct. It destroys good things that already exist and in addition even if it didn't have those franchises is just doesn't make a lick of sense it's tough to argue with it's um it's garbage i mean if you're listening to this and still we know you are uh then i'd steer clear i mean sometimes the morbid curiosity because here's the thing you guys begged us to listen to Paul Bart 2. To watch Paul Bart 2, rather, before we listened to the podcast of uh, Till Death Was Blight. I did not. Almost spitefully. You I can't what? remember what was said. You, you begged us not to you proceed until we watched the film. Right, okay. I adore listening to commentary for films I've never seen. I find it exhilarating. Having to infer a narrative around a film I was never going to watch anyway yeah. is, is great. So... Don't watch Pixels. Nah, I reckon do watch it. Really? Yeah, yeah, I hate it, but definitely watch it. Because, like, you get everything good is in the trailer. What do you think, Guy? Look, it's your it's your body, your choice. I wouldn't, and I regret doing it. <laughs> Deeply. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But don't let that colour your opinion. You might be someone who loves pixels. And if that's who you are... Fuck you. No. <laughs> that's it. All power to you. All right. Like, we fundamentally disagree on a bunch of stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> You're probably in the middle of, like, doing some weird macaroni fan art for Donald Trump. And all power to you. It's your right to do that. Everyone gets to make their own decisions. That's what I love about... Planet Earth. It'd take a lot of macaroni. I think we've got to get you to bed, baby boy. No! You're making way I'm, less sense. I'm just starting. I'm just heating the engines. <laughs> just heating up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the... I thought we were wrapping up, but I've got to say... Yeah. They fucking open and close the movie with a really cool Cheap Trick song, and that fucked me off too, because I really love that song. Yeah, the soundtrack is largely... It's the kind of soundtrack, as a child, I may have bought on cassette at Brashes. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I don't know have, what I don't know what that means. Oh, Brashes is like a long defunct Australian CD like a, store. Yeah, it's like HMV Records. Uh, yeah, we're still good. Okay, good. We just there was a, the computer came up with a message. I don't know what it meant. Hey, let's part the kimono quickly and address the sleeping situation because we've accidentally rented a suite. This is a service department, boys, and there's a king single in there that's got my name on it, and then there's a. There's a bit of a double bed. The There's no room. need for us to be bashful. Guy, it won't even be the first time this week Guy and I have shared a bed. <laughs> it's true. We are, we are disturbingly comfortable with that at this point in our relationship. Oh, yeah. I'm totally cool with it. To be honest, though, I'm probably going to go... I'm going to get an Uber and sleep in the bed that I'm... The other room that I'm paying for, well, look, not the hotel room, that's, the Airbnb. That's fine. That's fine. I Full stop. I, that's fucking fine. I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything, <laughs> look, dude. I'm going to sleep here. I'm yeah. going to take up that double bed. Go, we'll get breakfast. Um, look, I mean, the the room is littered with with beer-related ephemera. We've got a microphone in a bowl. I can't believe you sourced Tui as well. A uniquely oh, yeah. New Zealand beverage. Yeah, it's a, it's a trick. you got to make people, you know, it wasn't your rider. It's so, like beer yeah. awful. Um... Also, let's put an ad right at the end of the podcast for a change mm. for our sponsor, Big Pipe Broadband, um, who are awesome and have been supporting the show for a long time. Bigpipe.co.nz. If you're moving flats, moving into a new place, get it in you. If you are in a current standing place and you are sick of your internet provider, rip it out, throw it on the street, all right? And then remember that you shouldn't let it go pick it up, put it in the garbage bin, get on the Big Pipe website. You can't do that because you fucking just ripped out your internet <laughs> modem. Go next door, see what they're using. Is it Big Pipe? Damn right it's Big Pipe because it's taking over. No throttling. No throttling, no contracts. Now, is Big Pipe available in Australia? No, yeah. Fuck, man. They've got no plans to enter Australia. That's irresponsible right. corporate sabotage. So it's not like another sponsor where maybe they'll be moving over. Okay, so if you're in New Zealand, fucking big Oh, pipe. yeah. If, if you're not in New Zealand, eat a dick. Yeah, we you, say this every episode. If you're not one of us, fuck you. Yeah, as always, if you're not in New Zealand, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> We're not in New Zealand. Paul, do you have anything you want to plug or mention? Get out there? Um... Yeah, 28 Plays Later has a Patreon. Uh, it's over at patreon.com forward slash 28 Plays Later, and we have a fun fucking little animated short thing which we made. And we're going to be in Seattle later this year. Hey, we should also... Yeah? Sorry, talk more about Seattle. Feels like there was more. No, that's it. Okay. Um, we should also briefly, because <laughs> this will be on each other's streams, yeah. describe our shows. Oh, well, you go first. 
Um, the worst idea of all time is the name of Guy and Maya's podcast. That's grammatically incorrect. And we watch and review um, the same movie every week for one year. So we did one year of Grown Ups 2 and then a year of Sex and the City 2. We are about to. We're still on break. Uh, we're about to embark on a year of We Are Your Friends. We're going to spend a lot of time with Zach Efron as he tries to make us a DJ in Los Angeles, California. Wait, that was your choice? Yeah. yeah. You went with... That was your choice? Yeah. yeah. Is that meant to be bad? It's like midlet. I can't wait. You know what? It'll all be explained in, a, in an episode. I haven't seen it. It's hard to say. The fa- like the fans are very divided on, on uh, if it's... Look, I'll get into this later. No, that's an interesting choice. Very controversial. I was thinking you'd go like kind of... My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Well, here's the thing. The first film has undeniable charm. But, I mean, is the second one a garbage? You can't just keep going sequels. I think nah, it's well, that's the yeah. thing. Everyone thought it was like, we just do sequels. There's no rules, baby. We're making jazz here. Have you heard of jazz? It's what we make. What, 28 plays later. Yeah, with the podcast that plays between the notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Uh, we're we're uh, fucking, yeah. Weekly video game podcast. Uh, my co-host, Chris Straub who is far better human than I am, is uh, in Seattle. Um, he's got a kid, so he's got like real responsibilities. So he's real busy, but he's also touring and stuff, so he couldn't be here. Also, as mentioned, he's in Seattle. So if you like video games and comedy and whatnot, we do sketches at the start of every podcast, and we did a live one in uh, Melbourne last year, uh, which... I can't express how badly it tanked. <laughs> I, f- I feel like a lot of the sketches are... We have a lot of Foley work, which does a lot of the lifting. So if you want to see us live, just shut your eyes. Mate, this is supposed to be an ad for your show. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. So, yeah, we're on uh, 28playslater.com and we're on iTunes and, uh, you know... It's like pixels in podcast form. Yeah, but without the um, severe diarrhea. And sometimes even that. Um, Depending on how quickly we get this up as well, mm. three... Sh- Maybe four shows we'd like to plug. Snort if you're in Melbourne. Very specific. If you're in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. If you're not in Melbourne, stop listening to the podcast right now. Go see Snort. Okay. Now that all those people have left, how fucking great is Melbourne and how terrible is everywhere else? (laughs) See, an improvised comedy show I do every night called Snort. It's at 9.30. As in the trade. Oh, fuck. This feels weird. No, that's right. Just look up Snort. Go Look up Snort with friends on the Melbourne Comedy Festival page. Trades Hall? Trades Hall. I'm doing a solo show every night called Gaimon Comedy. What a brilliant name. What a brilliant show. It's at 6pm. I'd love for you to make it. I've quit comedy and I'm starting a political campaign. So um, just look for the show called Vote Bat, B-A-T-T, and you'll find me there. But I've only got a few more shows left. It's Well, th- I'll check all those shows out. Also, I'm directing my girlfriend Tegan's show. That's right. I'm an impartial mediator. Uh, she's doing a show called Tegan Higginbotham in the City of Love, which is all about Paris and whatnot. So there's this crepe stand, right, that's across the road from the town hall. And uh, they're very French, like hyper French, just beautiful, arrogant people. And they're selling crepes. And so I wandered down and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to do a cross promotion where, like, you get a free crepe and you get cheap tickets? And they're like, Wee. So suddenly, like, we have an official sponsor for her show. Love that. And it's like a super French crepery. The big pipe of comedy. They're the, yeah. And crepes are kind of a pipe. Yes. Or more of a cone, but you can't say the big cone because that's, that's, that's a different evening. It's a drug reference. Yeah, and we don't care for that 
Fufara. So yeah, uh, check out Tegan's show, uh, and also she's in a sketch show called Watson uh, Life Education Van for Adults. So you guys had the life education van down in New Zealand? Yeah, mate. Harold the Giraffe. Love him. The you... Americans who comprise most of our audience will have no fucking idea or interest in what we're talking about right, in the last so, 10 minutes. But yeah. you're still here, so suck it up and keep <laughs> looking at how much longer's left on the podcast app. What is that? Five minutes? How do they draw five more minutes out of this By shit? By telling you about Harold the Life Giraffe. The problem is... When you're a kid and you're in a caravan with a giraffe, it smells like a man's arm and suddenly they tell you you go into space and a bunch of people outside start shaking the caravan around and making noises, you believe it. It's the magic school bus, but for some reason in New Zealand and Australia you get taught both the birds and the bees and the nature of the universe by a puppeted giraffe. doesn't make any sense in retrospect, does no, it? No, no. It's uh, the pixels of explaining stuff to kids. Hey, quickly before we leave, one thing you enjoyed about the movie, starting with you, Paul. Uh, Josh Gad was really funny. Like, really funny. And I think it was his screaming. There is something so great about a larger man screaming and his voice struggling to withhold. Like, it, it was just... He's so pure. You know? He was committed. Yeah. And I, I think he did well, I mean, mostly. I'm trying to think of specific things he did that I enjoyed. No, uh, that's, you've, that's you've good. Done it. That's you've a done good a shining light. All right. Um, to use you your study of parlance, I would say it's, it seems mean-spirited, but just the fact that Dan Aykroyd did get his skull vodka <laughs> in the movie tickled me in its brutality. <laughs> it's just so blatant. It's a big sledgehammer. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I really liked some of the Foley work at one point when Josh Gad was singing a song at, what was the function? It was, um, it was like a presidential And then they go outside and Adam Sandler's talking with Mich- Michelle Moynihan. Yeah, love interest woman. Moynihan. Uh, and, and then just very lightly, like probably at 10% volume while they're talking, you can still hear Josh Gad plugging away inside. And I was like, fuck. Yes. Oh, and also, and I know that this, like, they planned all of this shit for me to say this, but I did like that there was a Paperboy sprite just in the back of shot a couple of times as well, because I used to play that on Commodore 64. It's a good game. They got you by the balls, Timbit. You have to watch it again for saying that. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Go and live your life. Stop listening to podcasts or keep doing it. Do the both. I don't know. I'm so tired. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.